Well, good morning, church. How are we this morning? Well, um, if we've not had the opportunity uh, to meet, uh, my name is, is Dylan, and uh, I serve here as our student pastor, and what a joy it is to uh, lead our students. Um, I also get the opportunity to be on our teaching team, um, where I get to share from time to time on a Sunday morning um, with you all. So what a joy it is to, to be a part uh, in many ways here at the Ridge. I did want to say, those of you who know me and know that I'm usually... Um, Actually, there's been a couple times where I've been caught on like the night before uh, to preach. Um, that's okay. Uh, but this, this time is, was not one of those. This has been a scheduled time, uh, which is a blessing in many ways. So uh, Pastor Chan is away on vacation. Uh, so this was not a surprise to me um, to be here this morning with you all. So praise the Lord for that. Um, I wanted to say that it's such a blessing to uh, just to be able to share um, in this series that we've been uh, trekking through um, in the book of Proverbs, specifically chapters one through nine. And so this morning we come to chapter four of Proverbs. So if you want to go ahead and open up to Proverbs chapter four with me this morning. And as you're, as you're uh, opening up to Proverbs chapter 4, I want to um, just kind of set us up for where we're going um, in, this, uh, in this chapter this morning. And so if, if you have been um, with us uh, through this series so far, you know that um, the Proverbs so far has been um, this, this kind of this father speaking to his son um, about the, the, um, the reward and about how we should be embracing wisdom the instruction uh, to, to, um, to embrace godly wisdom. And so it's kind of been like these speeches that this father has been giving uh, to, his, to his son. And so again, today we come to yet another speech um, from the father giving wise instruction to his son um, to, to embrace wisdom, godly wisdom that is. Specifically in chapter four, uh, we, we come to speech number five, six, and seven. So there's three different speeches um, here in chapter four. And so I want to say that God, God has a plan for each of his children. And the path, you know, it may not be easy, may not always be easy, but if we walk in the will and the wisdom of the Lord, it will be always be a fulfilling one. And so this fulfillment comes kind of with the responsibility though on our, our part for us to, to, to kind of do something in order to have this fulfilled life. And we see just kind of these three points that I want to highlight in chapter four, this responsibility that we must have in order to obtain this, this fulfilled life. And they'll be on the screen behind me. Number one is knowing God's word. We specifically find this in verses uh, one through nine. The second thing is to trust God's providence or his divine guidance or care. So there's an aspect of, of trust and that's in verses 10 through 19. And the third thing is obedience to the path. There must be obedience from us to the words of the Lord. And we find that in verses 20 through 27. And so what I want to do is I want to just kind of give us a 30,000 foot view into each of these speeches. There are three again. And so I want to just kind of highlight these three speeches. Um, I was starting with number, uh, number five, speech number five. Because, you know, it kind of helps if we give like a 30,000 foot view um, of what's going on before we dive into on the specific, uh, the specific details. And so in verses one through nine, this is where we find speech number five. And really what's going on here is that the father, he, he gathers his sons here around for a special speech. And it's, it's kind of like he's a, he's a proud but slightly worried dad here giving this speech to his son. 
And like the tone here is kind of that of a dad giving a wedding toast. Okay, so that's kind of speech number five. Speech number six, here the father, he, he sits his sons down for kind of this, this man-to-man talk. You know, anyone ever had a man-to-man talk with their father? Those are, those are brutal at times. I've had many with my dad. Um, they've left me kind of scared at times. But anyways, man-to-man talk here. He says, listen, there's no more like this, this kind of um, these, these soft words being spoken, but rather these very pointed and direct statements here. For example, he says, listen, he said, you must choose the path of life or death, light or dark. Very pinpointed direct statements here in speech number six. And the tone for this speech is man to man. And number seven here, uh, speech number seven, we find in verses 20 uh, through 27. And here the father, he's building on this previous speech here that he had just given. It's kind of like, okay, son, now that you've chosen to walk this path of, of godly wisdom, pursuing wisdom, walking the path that leads to life and not death, I want to help you prepare for this. And so the father here, he's, he's urging those around him to take spiritual inventory, like to see if I'm really living in obedience to the Lord. And here we see just kind of like what fully embodied devotion to wisdom looks like. And so the tone here is that of urgency and examination. So that's just kind of a 30,000 foot view to help us where we're going this morning. And so, you know, in our, in our um, study uh, so far through the book of Proverbs, you know, we, we might think that, okay, I've, I've got the point, you know, the, the point is to, to seek wisdom. You know, maybe we're, we're kind of want, you know, thinking that, okay, I've got the point. The point is to seek wisdom. I get that. And maybe because you've come to that, um, that conclusion because maybe the repetitive wording used here in these, in these chapters so far. And I just think that kind of the reason here for this is because in wisdom, God knows we're prone to wonder. We're, we're e- easily distracted from the mission. But God is patient and kind and loving and consistent with us. And so here in chapter four, this, in, this like continued instruction here from, from the father, it's kinda, it kind of sounds like you know, the parents who you know, have to like, repeat themselves uh, in order to get a point across to the kids. It's, you know, it's, he's he's like, repeating himself to make sure that you know, the kids kind of get the point. You know, have you ever been there as a parent? You're, you're having to repeat yourself with saying the same thing over and over again. But maybe it's because your, your, your kids have not gotten the point yet. Or maybe to even kind of think about, you know, what you're saying. Maybe they'll think about it from a different perspective. Or maybe just to kind of hear the emphasis that you're trying to place on the instructions you're giving. And so I think that's kind of like the tone here in, in chapter 4 as we continue through this, um, these, these, these chapters. And so um, my wife and I, um, we have two kids. We have a little boy named Bennett who is three months old. And we have a little girl named Rylan, who is uh, a three-nager, okay? And what I mean by that, Rylan is three years old with a sass of a teenager. Anybody? So, you know, we are in a season right now uh, with Rylan where she has picked up on uh, the word stupid and says it often, um, as well as she ha- is, uh, she's hitting her brother from time to time being a little too aggressive um, with, with her younger brother. And so Courtney and I are like constantly having to remind Rylan, listen, you don't say stupid. 
Don't call us stupid. Don't call other people stupid. Do not hit your brother. That's not okay, right? We're constantly having to remind her, listen. Listen to what I'm, what I'm saying, but also obey what I'm saying. Be gentle with your brother. And so with that being said, I want to I read verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. The father says, hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. And so here in verses 1 and 2, the father is, is saying what I have often said to my little girl. Rylan, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. You know, obey what I'm saying. Trust what I'm saying. You know, because my instructions are good for you. You know, Rylan, don't hit your brother. Don't say that. Don't do that. Listen. Look at me. You know, while I'm, I'm speaking to you, listen and obey. And I just, I think that this is what the father has been doing so far. I think he's just been trying to get the attention of, of the son, us, like, hey, listen, there's, there's instruction here. Listen up. And not only, you know, in, in chapter four here is the content of the instruction being presented for, here for us to, to seek wisdom, to constantly and repetitively seek wisdom, but also just see this example of, of, of consistently parenting our children as a channel of God's wisdom. And I remember the, the time that we, we, we brought Rylan home from the hospital. Is where we, we put her in the car from, um, you know, Getting, you know, getting her out of the hospital, so to speak, put her in, in, in the car. I'm driving home, and I just remember just weeping. We get her home. We walk her into our home for the very first time, and I just remember just weeping. And I think that my, my emotion came from, many of my emotions, they, they, they came from this, this illuminating reality that, wow, like I'm responsible for this human being now. Like, I have to keep this little thing alive from a physical standpoint, of course, of course, but also from like a spiritual standpoint, wow, like I'm responsible for this little girl. Like I'm responsible for this little girl. And I just remember thinking as I'm holding her, like now <laughs> holding in my arms is one of the greatest opportunities for evangelism that I will ever find. And then now with my son, and one of the greatest opportunities for evangelism that I will ever find. To raise my kids in the ways of the Lord. And I just think that in reading these first two verses, as, as, as parents, those of you who are parents, we must see the importance of, of living out Deuteronomy 6, 7, where it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. The importance here of passing on the words of the Lord to our kids. You know, today we, we, we see just so many young people leaving the church. And, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that there's just really any simple solution to this problem. But I think in, in reading chapter four here, I believe that Proverbs, we, we see kind of a most basic starting point. And that's this, that as parents, we must faithfully raise our children in the ways of the Lord. I think that's the most basic starting point. You know, whether you're a mother or a father, maybe an aunt or an uncle or, or a teacher or a friend, us, all of us as believers, we must see the importance of helping pass down the wisdom of the Lord to the next generation. 
And, you know, I think we can see this, this call here for us, the older generation, to pour into the younger. But I think also we must see that the importance here of us seeing ourselves as the son here, as the father is speaking. No matter our age, no matter our stage of life, us humbly and daily seeking after the wisdom of the Lord. So verses uh, three, three and four here, uh, actually three through nine, we see this like this intergenerational path here. This intergenerational path, this, this passing down of wisdom through uh, the generations. In verse Specifically, three and four, uh, the father, he goes on, he says, When I was a son with my father tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and he said to me. And so the father here, he's saying to his son, listen, I urge you, I urge you to pursue wisdom because my parents taught me this. And I just think here that this highlights tradition. This highlights the beauty of tradition. But see, traditions, they can become a cycle of deprivation or they can become a cycle of affirmation. You know, we can pass down, you know, patterns of, of, of foolishness, you know, to, to, to the next generation. You know, foolishness like laziness or, or, or addiction or abuse or numbness. Or we can pass down patterns of wisdom. Like, wisdom, uh, like humility, responsibility, good work ethic. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. We have the ability to bring blessing or cursing on our home. We have the ability to bring blessing or cursing on our home. You know, the bad news is that a chain of, of faithfulness can be broken with just one generation. But listen, the good news is that the chain of wickedness can also be broken with each generation that pursues the wisdom of the Lord. See, godly wisdom, it's an inheritance that should be passed down from generation to generation. But see, receiving that inheritance is a choice that each generation must make. Children, those of you who have godly parents or, or godly grandparents, we should give thanks for that. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. But listen, I know that's not the case for every single person here in this room or maybe watching online. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you, maybe you didn't have that passed down to you. Listen, if that's you, you have the ability to break the curse. You have the ability to be the kind of parents or grandparents that your children can one day look back and give thanks for your faithfulness to the Lord, whether that's maybe from a biological parental role or even from a spiritual parental role. We have the ability to break the curse by pursuing the ways of the Lord. Verses four through nine here, really the father, what he's doing also is, is he's sharing the benefits and the rewards of what wisdom brings, pursuing godly wisdom, embracing godly wisdom. You know, godly wisdom, it begins with a personal relationship with Jesus. If you're taking notes, wisdom, it's a person to know and a person to follow. Verse number seven, 
I want to just kind of highlight this because there's some interesting uh, uh, verbiage here. Um, and as the father lays it out, he says that, that the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Wow, thanks. <laughs> and whatever you get, get insight. I think you know, it's kind of like a, a modern day example would be like, hey, um, the, the way to get taller is to grow. <laughs> thanks for that. Appreciate that wisdom, I guess. Um, thank you. But I just, I think that what, what the writer is, is doing here is, I think it just kind of highlights like how circular this may feel. Like in, in pursuing wisdom, how circular it may actually feel at times. You know, because to, to you know, acknowledge, to recognize that you need wisdom, that's wise, right? That's wise. And so you pursue wisdom and you begin to retain wisdom. You're getting wiser and see, in your pursuit of godly wisdom, you still realize how much more you have to learn. And I, and I think that, you know, in a relationship with God, it's kind of the same. I've heard it said that the closer you get to God, the further you realize you are from him. I think it's just because that the light of God illuminates the darkness in us, pulls out the impurities in our heart that maybe we didn't even know was there. Listen, parents, our parents, our grandparents, they can teach us, right? They can, they can teach us, hey, this is what you should do. This is the instructions. Here's the commands. Don't do this. Do this. Embrace godly wisdom. Pursue it. But only we can receive the words in our hearts, cherish it, and obey it. Basically, the Father said, listen, if you want wisdom, it's there to get. Go get it. Obey my instructions here. My father, he goes on to say here, he goes on to say that, hey, sons, listen, I want you to treat wisdom. I want you to treat wisdom the way that you should treat your mother or your sister or, or your wife. You know, love her. You know, we see that you know, wisdom is personified as, as, as this, as this uh, lady wisdom, as a woman. So he says, listen, embrace her, love her, honor her, exalt her. In Proverbs, you know, we see that, that Lady Wisdom is, is, is personified as is like this woman in, in inviting us into this elaborate banquet. But the opposite of that is folly, which is represented as the adulterous woman who tempts us to poverty and death. Pastor David's going to be talking about that next week. But I think what the Father is saying here is, listen, we must understand that the one you love most is the one who's controlling you. The one you love is the one who will control your life. And so the father here, he's urging his son, he's urging those that's, listen, listen, embrace wisdom. Embrace it because if you do, you will have security, you will have strength, and you will have honor. Uh, the father goes on, verse 10. This is the beginning of, of speech number six. He says, listen here, hear my, my son, hear, listen, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. And I think so often that the problem is not, do we know right from wrong? I believe that we know the difference. But the problem is accepting the truth and obeying the truth. You know, doing, actually doing what is right. So the Father says, listen, accept my words. Put them into action so that your life may be full. So your life may be Many. So the father, he goes on here as he's saying this to, to lay out kind of these two patterns 
of life. He says, listen, there's two paths of life. There's only two, righteousness or wickedness, life or death, you know, wisdom or folly. And so the father here again, he's urging his son to choose the path of wisdom that leads to life. Wisdom is a person to know and a path to walk. And so on this path, there's freedom. There's freedom on this path of wisdom. But listen, the past boundaries are not to be seen as limitations, but rather security and strength. And see, on this path, you avoid the obstacles of foolishness. This, this, this path of, 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 of death, the path of foolishness, it's the, the entrance of it is marked by these, these signs that say, do not enter. The Father's laying this out. Do not enter here. Avoid this path of foolishness. Don't go on it. Turn away from it. You know, those who find themselves on the path of foolishness, the path of wickedness, they don't see their connection between their foolishness and the consequences. But see, on this path of foolishness, the depravity of the wicked is highlighted. We, we, we see the depravity of the wicked. You know, on this path, those who are on the path of foolishness, they live for evil. Like that is their food and their, their drink and their sleep. Like they don't, they don't commit evil in order to live, but rather they are living to commit evil. Like that's what gets them going is committing evil. And that's their greatest satisfaction. Those on this path, their greatest satisfaction is not just committing it, but also committing it to others. It says that, that they too will fall and, and, and not know why. See, listen, someone who is, who is walking on the path of wisdom, in order for them to sleep at night, they will have to know and recognize I've done wrong. I need to go make it better in order to sleep at night. But the opposite is true for the person who's on the path of, of wicked, the foolish path. In order for them to sleep at night, they must know I've done wrong and I've done wrong to others. And I just think that this is how evil works. It perverts the truth. Those who are walking on this path of, wick, of, of, of wicked foolishness, they normalize and they celebrate sin. Oftentimes, um, I will get dressed in the morning. Oftentimes I will get dressed in the morning in the dark. That's, that's the key. Obviously I get dressed in the morning, but I do it in the dark sometimes. So because of this, I'm getting dressed in the dark. Sometimes what happens is I may put you know, my socks on wrong, like two different socks, mix mac socks. Or maybe I will uh, put my shirt on backwards. I've even gone so far to walk outside without my pants on. So <laughs> what I'm saying here is that I think that foolishness is often like getting dressed in the dark. Foolishness is trying to live your life in the darkness. You, you can't see the way that things really are. So you just keep ruining your life, bringing misery into your life, falling into misery. But the father says here, listen, the remedy, there's a remedy for this and it's wisdom. He says the remedy is wisdom. Wisdom is, is, is the light of the sun that shows how things really are so you can follow the right path in life. 
the wise path is lit. The wise path is lit so that you can see where you're going. Wisdom is a lamp. Jesus is the light of the world, illuminating this path of wisdom for us to follow. Verses 20 through 27, this is our, our final speech, speech number seven that the Father gives here. And, you know, in this chapter, you know, we've, we've moved from, from history through the home and now out into life. And, and really it just ends here with this wholehearted commitment to living by wisdom. But see, in order to live by wisdom, we must have the fear of the Lord within. The fear of the Lord must be present within us. The fear of the Lord, what is it? The fear of the Lord, I think simply put, is knowing our rightful place in this universe. That God is the creator. We are the creation. We are the creation, not the creator, right? It's us standing in awe and reverence of our creator, God. See, fearing the Lord, it's not first a matter of actions, but rather it's what's in the heart. What's our heart posture? What's the attitude of our heart. And so the father here, he's urging those around him in this, in, in this last speech of chapter four. He's urging those around him, hey, take spiritual inventory. How are you living? Are you living in obedience to the Lord? And we see this fully embodied picture of what devotion to wisdom looks like. He, he uses a few different body parts here. He uses a few different body part, parts here, basically he's highlighting that walking in the way Wisdom, walking the path of wisdom will take our whole being. And the first one uh, is it's the ears. Verse 20, he says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. You know, whatever enters through my ears, it has the ability to influence my heart, my mind, my decisions. So I must be careful what I listen to. Number 23, or verse 23, he highlights the heart. He says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Listen, whatever the heart loves, the ears will hear and the eyes will see. Let me give you an example. Again, my daughter Rylan. I'm talking about her a lot this morning. I must love her. So as, as, as we're driving through town or we're going on vacation, you know, my, my little girl, Rylan, she will always see the stores where she can go in and buy toys. TJ Maxx, good grief. TJ Maxx, she wants to go there all the time. I want to go buy a toy, daddy. You know, or maybe uh, Dairy Queen, you know, ice cream. She loves ice cream. So as we're driving through town, she will always find the stores that she can buy toys in and also the places where she can go and buy ice cream. Why? Because that's what her heart loves. That's what her heart loves. And that's what her eyes are looking for. The heart is the command center of our life. Everything we do flows from the heart. So we must guard it. We must be vigilant in guarding and protecting our heart. You know, the reason that, that we have bad, bad behavior, the reason that we may act out at times is because of the source of the behavior. The heart is bad. Sin starts within our heart. And it manifests itself in our behavior. Jesus, he, he talks about this in Matthew chapter 12 uh, Matthew, uh, and Mark chapter 7. Those are just two, two examples. But see, you know, 
behavior modification, it can sometimes be like mowing dandelions. If, you know, if you've ever mowed dandelions, you know what I'm talking about here. You go and you mow a field of dandelions, it looks great. But then the next day or even maybe you know, two days later, what happens? They pop right back up again. Why? Because you didn't address the root. And I just think here that, that if all we do is modify behavior and we leave the source issue untouched in our hearts, it will spring up and spring out elsewhere. What is in the heart will come out in our words and our actions and even our course of life. See, if we pollute the wellspring, if we pollute the wellspring of life, our heart, the infection will spread. Wisdom protects the heart from the corruption. Verse 24, Father speaks about the lips. He says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. See, whatever is in the heart will eventually come out in the mouth. And so as Christians, as believers, those professing that Christ is Lord, we must be careful. We must be careful to have sound speech, gracious in our speech, speech that is gracious, seasoned with salt. As Christians, man, people should not take our words with a grain of salt, but rather we should put the salt into our speech and our words be pure and honest. Verse 25, he highlights the eyes. He says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. You know, outlook, it determines outcome. And everybody has you know, some vision before them that helps to determine values or actions or plans. And so as believers in Jesus, we should say along with David where he says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And the writer of Psalms where he says, turn my eyes from the worthless things. We must guard against what we see. Lastly, he, he goes on to, to speak about the feet. In verse 26, he says, ponder the path of your feet then all your ways will be sure. This, this word ponder that, uh, that the, the writer is using here, the, the Hebrew word for ponder, it means to weigh, to, 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 to evaluate, to, to examine here, to test, like what, are, like, what are we doing? Like, can I really just like look into the mirror and see how I'm living? Like, what, what, what is going on here? How am I living? The spiritual inventory of my life. You know, so wisdom. Wisdom is a person to know. It's a person to follow. Wisdom is found in Jesus and in walking in his ways. You know, so walking the path of wisdom, it must be a lifestyle for us. It must be a daily decision because ultimately your daily decisions reveal whether you are following Jesus or you are moving away from him. We're either growing closer or we're not. And see, listen, if you have these, these patterns of foolishness in your life, it's dangerous. 
It's dangerous. Not just because of the temporary consequences that are there, but because that reveals you're moving away farther from Jesus. And so as, as, as the band closes this morning in, in, in our final song, may we truly ponder, how am I living? Taking spiritual inventory of my life. And may this be the, a time that we reflect on these words from the Father, that we examine truly how we are living. May there be repentance this morning. May there be repentance in our heart, turning from maybe our foolish ways, and turning to a loving and gracious Father. Right now in this season of life you're in, this very moment, ask yourself, am I in step with Christ? Am I following in step with Christ? Or am I moving away? Church, would you go ahead and, and stand with me this morning as, as we reflect on this? Are we following in step? Or are we moving Apart from Jesus. The ultimate source of wisdom, the gracious Father who is calling us to a lifestyle that is honoring to Him. His ways are not burdensome. Sure, there are boundaries, but praise the Lord for boundaries. They're not limitations, they're life-giving. These words of scripture found that we read are life-giving. Father, I pray this morning